Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Inside Texas' Paul Wadlington. Uh, this tale of the tape uh, for uh, the University of Texas versus the Kansas Jayhawks, brought to you by Gabe Winslow of uh, Gabe Mortgages by Gabe. We'll tell you more about him a little later. Uh, Paul, uh, this is the match of two unbeatens, Texas and Kansas. Uh, one of them a storied football program, one of them a storied basketball program, but the recent rejuvenation of its football program under Lance Leopold uh, looks like it's legitimate. It looks like it has some staying power because of how and who he's built it with. Uh, the Longhorns this week, uh, though, are the heavy favorites in this matchup. Uh, what, what are your first and genuine first thoughts off the bat for this game? First true home test for Texas. Uh, and I think it's against one of the better teams in the Big 12. i I was very – I think you were on board with me that Kansas was going to surprise people this year, and uh, I predicted them to have a winning record in conference. And I, I still think this is an eight or nine win Kansas team if, if they can stay healthy. Uh, that eight or nine might be determined by what happens this Saturday. Uh, you and I both wearing black. <laughs> in, we're in preemptive mourning for the Kansas Jayhawks after they lose on Saturday. But, yeah, I, I, I'm very impressed by them. I'm very impressed by their coaching and they've made significant strides on defense. Uh, you know, look, if you're absolutely awful, you, you need to make significant strides. And, and Kansas has done that. And they've done it not only in personnel, but schematically. They've made some improvements as well that I think have really helped them. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at this and they are certainly better uh, on defense right now. Um, last year, they were in the hundreds in defensive rating. Uh, this year, they're up uh, quite significantly. Uh, I, I've got them at... Uh, number 58 in scoring defense this year. Uh, that's much improved from a year ago. Only giving up 22, uh, 22.75 points per game. Uh, they're in, improved on third downs. Sacks, they're one of the top teams in the country. They've got almost as many sacks as Texas does right now. Uh, they are actually ahead of Texas in tackles for loss uh, over Texas. So they're, they're getting after it. They're trying to rearrange the line of scrimmage and push that. But Really, I think that strength on strength, uh, Paul, if you were, you were to call that, we'd be talking about the Kansas offense versus that Texas defense, right? And that's the true strength on strength in this game. Yeah, that is true. And I think within that, you're going to see the success with which Texas is able to throw the ball and spread the field but then also get big and push Kansas around later in the game, particularly where on goal line when they need to, this is going to be a game where points are a priority. Duh. That seems like a priority in any game, but particularly in this game, you, you can't settle for threes when you can get six and you can't get zeros when you might've gotten a three right inside the 25 or so, you know, bird Auburn misses a field goal or you take a stupid sack on third and eight on their 25 and you put yourself out of a field goal range. Those things are going to add up over the aggregation of this football game. And it's going to make a big difference in, in the score ultimately, because Kansas is very capable on offense. And, you know, if Texas gets out to a lead, it's, it's, it's not safe. You got to keep playing. This is going to be a four quarter game, just like Alabama. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. And, I, and as I mentioned, the reason I said, offense the Kansas offense versus the, the Texas defense Kansas offense ranks number 25 in the country in total offense yards per game 463 yards per game the Texas defense ranks number 24 in yards allowed per game 298 per game 
that's a delta of about 170 yards <laughs> between the two teams, right? Something's got to give. Um, what are your thoughts about the KU offense against the Texas defense in particular? I, I don't like gross counting stats like that. Yeah, no, 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 nobody does nowadays. But yeah. still, I mean, the, the context is removed from that. I mean, for example, Texas dominated Baylor defensively. But it shows at the end of the game, Baylor had 350 yards or whatever, right? Took him 84 plays to get him. So what I look at is can't the Texas offense, or pardon me, the Texas defense is surrendering about four and a half yards per, per play, which is very good. Uh, the Kansas offense is averaging 7.1 yards per play. And that's very good as well. So that's the delta. Uh, look, if Kansas finishes this game up closer to six yards per play. We got involved in a football game and then it, we're, we're, we're biting our nails, right? Unless the offense just blows them off the, the field. If they're a little closer down to five, I have a feeling Texas handled business and uh, short circuited the Jayhawks before things even got started. Let's look more closely at each individual part. So the Kansas run game versus the Texas rush defense in particular to me, looks like the strength on strength. Uh, Kansas averaging almost five and a half yards a carry right now. Uh, Texas, meanwhile, averaging, allowing just a little over three yards a carry or under three yards a carry, I think. What, what are your, that that seems to be the crooks of the game. Daniel's going to make plays with his legs at times. He's going to make plays in the passing game downfield. But doesn't Texas have to stop the run first and foremost here? 100%. If, if, if Texas cannot stop the Kansas running game, this is this thing is going to be a nail biter. Uh, if they can establish the run and they can pop, they're particularly good at popping big runs. And they set up a lot of it schematically. But the fact is they've gotten good offensive line play. They've got a very experienced group. A lot of them are transfers. Two of those guys were guys at Buffalo that came over with Lance Leipold long ago, it seems now. Uh, and, and they play pretty well. They're, they're more experienced I mean, as a collective unit, they've got, you know, well over 100 starts together. And that matters in college football, particularly. Absolutely. So whether they're individually amazing and overpowering, that's not the point. The point is they have schemes and they do things that let their O-line block better. And Jalen Daniels creates that extra man advantage as the run threat. You have to account for him on the backside, right? If they're running a, a toss sweep or faking a toss sweep, your defensive end just can't crash down the line, uh, you know, recklessly because Jalen Daniels can keep that ball and go the other way and get 25 cheap yards. So you've got to respect that. And then I love their two running backs. Devin Neal is just a great bread and butter, no frills, 215-pound running back who gets after it. He gets downfield and he makes one cut and he goes. And then his backup, Daniel Hishaw, is about 220 He's a good pass catcher, as is Neal. And uh, they just alternate those guys. Devin Neal gets about 60, 65% of the snaps. Uh, Highshaw gets the rest. And they're good backs. I mean, I would rank them in the top three of the Big 12, maybe the top two. Uh, and I, I have, I'm very impressed with their no-nonsense running ability and their ability to pop big runs, almost just set up schematically, because their offensive coordinator is so good at showing you one thing and getting your attention, look over here, and then they just run a basic play, popping it the other way. Or they'll run a lot of intricate jet sweep stuff and, 
and Jalen Daniels and RPOs and all sorts of stuff. And they're doing some true read RPOs, not just let's call an RPO, but it's going to be a pass, right? Uh, they're actually reading it. And I'll tell you one thing that struck me, Bobby, is they played Illinois and, and really beat them much better than the box score suggested. And they beat them by like 16. Uh, Illinois has a, a number one, probably not number one, but a first round draft pick at defensive end. And he's a bigger defensive end, about 280, big power guy, bull rush guy. And Kansas, instead of just saying, well, what are we going to do with this guy? He's going to overwhelm our tackles. They targeted him the entire game. So they put their splits of their tackles way out, abnormally way out, flexed this guy out because he had to go line up on him as sort of a four eye or even as a five tech. And then Kansas ran the ball at him optioning. And they actually exploited his size in space. And Illinois had to go in and like make adjustments and move that guy around and put another player out there. And this guy's a first, first round NFL draft pick is project the projection. So that's how creative Kansas is. And in a way, they, they're dangerous because now they have some talent, but they still coach like an underdog team. Meaning when you have all the cards, your tendency as a coach is, hey, let me not, let me not screw this up. Let's, let's execute our stuff well. I know this opponent has these weaknesses. I don't want to do something different just to attack those weaknesses because it might make my guys play differently, right? They're not comfortable doing this. Kansas is like, hey, this guy isn't good on that team and uh, we're just going to target him the entire game. Or this guy is the strength of their team. How are we going to take him away? And they'll do anything they feel like doing schematically. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a strange license in a way that they're at this confluence between being the underdog and then also having some real talent. And they'll just run any game plan they feel like. I mean, they're incredibly creative. Now, I don't think they're going to look at the Texas defense and say, oh, look at all these weaknesses. I don't think there's a lot, frankly. And, and I think their main concern, Bobby, is going to be their interior offensive line against the Texas defensive line. And that's going to be a factor for them that you can't scheme around too much other than attacking the edges and trying to do some other stuff, some deception. But, you know, we know that they know, right? <laughs> so uh, that's going to be a problem for them. They also had an injury against BYU, Michael Ford, their starting right guard. Uh, he did not practice on Monday. And we don't know his status going into the game. And the interior O-line was their weakness. Their, their two best players on their offensive line are their tackles. Their center had actually gotten a lot of all Big 12 attention, Novitsky. Uh, he hasn't played that great this year. So that's kind of interesting. And I, I got to say, anytime I see interior O-line weakness against this Texas defensive line, Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, uh, boy, that doesn't bode well for you uh, as an offense in terms of running some of your basic run game. So Kansas is going to have to scramble on that one because they're not going to be running inside zone for eight yards a pop on Texas. Got it. Um, Paul, I, I want you to say, before we go to the Kansas pass game against the Texas pass defense, I want you to say thanks to our sponsor, Gabe Winslow, if you would. Yeah, I want to say thanks to our terrific sponsor, Gabe Winslow from Market Advantage. You can reach him at 832-557-1095 or mortgagesbygabe.com. He's had over 20 years in the industry. He's a really, really sharp guy aside from being a very diehard Longhorn. Bobby, I think you met him at the, Alabama, did, at the Alabama game. At the uh, Alabama Gabe game. might not have been uh, fully uh, ready to do a mortgage at the moment you met him, as he had probably been enjoying some libations. But 
Uh, he did. A, he did have someone call him earlier that morning. So what do you know? Uh, hey, give Gabe a call. If you're in the market looking uh, or even if you're looking at something down the road and you're doing some strategizing, having a guy like Gabe in your corner is invaluable. Pick up the phone and call him. Going with the typical mortgage guy or going with Gabe, there's no comparison. Got it. Uh, that's mortgagesbygabe.com. You can check him out there. Uh, Paul, the Kansas passing game is sneaky good. Yes. Um, that's a good way to put it, right? I mean, they average a lot of yards uh, per completion, a lot of yards per attempt. Uh, the Texas pass defense is okay, but hasn't been stellar, um, right? I mean, it's it's been buoyed, I think, a lot by the pass rush. Uh, what are your thoughts on that matchup? Yeah, I, I think Kansas has a highly efficient passing game, 9.5 right. yards per attempt. Uh, that's including Bean and Jalen Daniels. Uh, just very effective. And I think, and I've said this again, I wrote this in my preview and I said it on all of our pods. I think they have the second best group of skill personnel in the Big 12. And people snicker, oh, Kansas. No, it's it's a fact. Uh They've got three good receivers, all viable guys in um, Skinner, Graham, and Arnold. Uh, they've got two good backs that we already talked about in Neal and Highshaw. And then, of course, they got a, an, an exceptional quarterback in Jalen Daniels and a particularly an exceptional college quarterback, right? Look, the college game ain't the NFL. And a dual-threat quarterback, particularly one who's about 210, 215, Jalen Daniels doesn't go down like with a little hand on his, on his hip as, as, as he brushes by you. Uh, that guy is an eraser. When, when Kansas makes a bad play call, he can, he can turn that into second and five, second and three, instead of, th you know, second and 17, as so many, as so many other college offenses experience. That's invaluable to them. I love their tight end, Mason Fairchild, big 260 pound guy who gets down the seam a lot better than you would think. And they even have a, a good fullback hybrid player, Jared Casey. You may remember him as the guy who caught the two-point conversion that beat Texas in Austin in 2021. So I love their personnel. I love the complementary skills that they all have. Uh, you know, Grimm is their slot. Sometimes they'll line him up outside and run an RPO, you know, uh, fly route to him. Sometimes they'll line up Skinner or Arnold, uh, you know, Arnold being the, the big tall guy. Uh, and they'll just they'll, they'll move them all around. They do all sorts of window dressing. And what you can't get caught up in is the window dressing. You have to do your job, you know, not to sound like Bill Belichick here, but the best way to play good defense against an offense like Kansas is to understand your position and understand your position within the defensive call. And as long as you honor that and have the integrity of that call, Kansas can't exploit you as badly. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. 
the teams that cheat, the teams that go, oh, that's my guy, or, oh, look, the ball's going over there. I think the ball's going over there. Boy, you just see Kansas just destroy those guys. And, and BYU, to their credit, they were down a couple of men in their secondary. So they played off coverage, and they sort of conceded the running game, and Kansas ran the ball very effectively against them. But they put a cap on Jalen Daniels and his explosiveness. So they took away some of that RPO game by putting parking two safeties in the middle of the field and saying, we're not moving. And then Kansas just said, fine, we're going to hand the ball off. And their running backs had a great day. So did Daniels. But Daniels threw for 130 yards. So Texas will have some decisions here. Do we think that we can stop the Kansas run game with an honest box or a light box even? And then really overplay some of that RPO deeper passing game and tell Kansas, hey, we don't think you can have a 12-play 80-yard drive. Uh, that's an interesting strategy. The other approach is Kansas hasn't really played a, a great defense. I don't think they played a good defense, to be honest. We might just try to overwhelm them at the point of attack and, and just put, every, put everything uh, in disarray for them because – I think they're very used to defenses reacting to them. I'm not sure they've had a defense this year, certainly, say, you're going to be reacting to us because we're going to, we're going to drive your guards and your center about six yards behind the line of scrimmage on every play, and our ends are going to be coming off the ball like a bat out of hell, and you're about to experience something you've not experienced this year. So I'm, I'm very curious about the game within the game there. Got it. Um, you know, we look at it right now, uh, Paul, and, and another thing that we got to talk about here is the point spread, 17 points. Um, is that because they think that, that the, the, the Sharps in Vegas think that uh, Longhorns are going to kind of be able to overwhelm them a little bit on, off, on defense? Or what, is, what are the thoughts there? Why, why such a large point spread? So that's, that's a great question. So that point spread is going to drift a little. It's, it's actually 16 and a half right now. And 16 and a half versus 17, as you know, is a key number in football math, right? Yep. 17 and a half being an even more key number. Uh, my basic take on this is anything under over 17 is value to the Jayhawks. Texas could thoroughly beat Kansas 38 to 21 and Kansas covers, right? Yeah. Yep. And there's also the chance of a backdoor cover. Kansas isn't going to quit and they've got a good offense. So they'll keep playing and then they have a chance to, to, you know, bring it close, even if Texas has a really good performance. So that's the key math here. In terms of the Sharps, this is actually a divided game, Bobby. I don't think there's a clear consensus. So last week, when we were talking on our Saturday conversation, and I said, bet your house note on the Oregon Ducks to blow out Colorado, I think there were a lot of Sharps that felt the same way, and uh, they were trying to keep that quiet uh, so the line didn't move on them. Right now, the line is, I think – basically kind of feeling its way. And right before kickoff, you're going to see this line at either 17 and a half or 16. And, and people will sort of make their decision. But right now, there is no clear consensus on this game. Why the big spread? Well, Texas has a lot of respect. Uh, and also, I don't think it's perceived that Kansas has played difficult teams yet. Uh, we'll see. Illinois is not good. I, I watched that game and I can tell you they're not good at football. Um, BYU, eh, that was a good competitive game. I'm not sure how good or bad BYU is yet. I suspect they're in the bottom half of the Big 12. But, you know, Kansas went out there and played well to that point, And we might want to talk about this, Bobby. Kansas's defense had two defensive touchdowns in that game 
both forced, not freakish in any way. And that was a key to them winning that game. Uh, this is a, a dramatically improved unit, particularly on the back end. They might have the best cornerback in this conference, Bobby. And that's Kobe Bryant. Yes, sir. Yep. Got it. Um, all right. Longhorns on offense. Where, where do you think they go in this game? You think it's going to be a run game for Texas? Do you think uh, Steve Sarkeesian tries to start by getting Quinn Ewers in rhythm early? Where, where are you taking that? Where, where do you think Texas is going to do here? Tell me how Kansas lines up, and I'll tell you what we do. Uh, so Kansas made some shifts defensively, uh, not just in terms of personnel, but schematically. So last year, Brian Borland was trying to make Kenny Logan, uh, who was like sort of a classic box safety, into their free safety over-the-top guy uh, in single high. And then they were going to press and, and try to stop the run with numbers because they didn't have the personnel to stop the run. Well, that didn't work very well. They didn't stop the run. They, they ended up just getting gouged for big runs because they didn't have enough depth in their defense. And then, frankly, Kenny Logan's not a, a – you know, he's not Earl Thomas. He's a good box safety with good instincts. So they made some switches and that was enabled in part because they now have two corners. So Kobe Bryant gets all the attention. He's got two picks already on the year. He had a, a, a incredible force fumble against BYU. They ran a jet sweep and Kobe Bryant ran up there like today Barron and lit that guy up, knocked him out, ball hits the ground and Kobe Bryant one scooped it and ran for a touchdown. Pretty impressive play. Uh, and Kobe Bryant has had that reputation. He was an all Big 12 performer last year. He's gone up another level. The guy across from him, Melo Dotson, Florida kid, he's a good player. I, I, I've watched him pretty pretty uh, intensely against Illinois because they really tried to get away from Kobe Bryant in their passing game. And he did a good job. He did a really good job. Uh, their other safety, I'm not so impressed by. I like Kenny Logan. They've now brought him down to sort of the box or more of a strong safety role. He had a pick six against BYU, jumping a route against their tight end. And then um, their linebackers are not good. They're, they're sort of jags. And I think that's something Texas will pick on. Now, in terms of their fifth player, that nickel, their star, that's been Craig Brown. And he's sort of an oversized nickel you saw how that worked out for Baylor last week, trying to cover Jatavian Sanders with that guy or trying to cover A.D. Mitchell in the slot with that guy. Uh, Kansas is going to have to either play a little different personnel where that guy actually plays more of a linebacker role and they bring out a fifth defensive back, uh, a true defensive back to put in the slot on Worthy or, or on Whittington, or they're going to have to take their lumps and then keep two safeties behind that guy so he's covered because – he can't hang with who we're going to put in the slot. So that's going to be one of the first reads that our offense and Steve Sarkeesian makes. Who's their personnel aligned over our slot? How are their safeties aligned? Because if we can get their linebackers on Jatavian Sanders in the intermediate passing game, I mean, it's going to be free 10, 15 yards whenever we want it. So how we come out? I don't know. Tell me how they line up. Uh, I do. I will want to say. I do want to say that Kansas has done a nice job stopping the run so far. So we'll find out if that's a function of the opponent, or if Kansas really did upgrade in their personnel and on the interior. They took in a bunch of transfers from Minnesota, from Colorado State, and those guys have played well. They play four guys on the interior on a rotation. None of them get more than thirty-five snaps, and they just tell them play hard, plug up the middle. We're not asking you to do much more, and they've done that so far.
Interesting. Well, I think it's uh, going to be an interesting game in Austin. Uh, this is a Kansas team that doesn't get much respect nationally, but I think it certainly has the attention of the Longhorns and the Longhorn fan base as well, because I think they know quite well what can happen uh, when uh, when the, the Jayhawks visit Austin. Uh Special teams, Paul, anything in particular you're looking for here other than a rebound uh, after last week's performance for the Longhorns? Well, you know, we would have had a good special team performance against Baylor if, if Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington catch two punts. That's that's the only that's the only issue we had. And then Bert Auburn missed a chip shot. Um, you know, kickers, you know, you don't know. Sometimes they'll go on a streak. Sometimes they, they're 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 not feeling it. Uh, Kansas, amusingly, is the number one rated special teams in the country right now. Just another uh, good sign of good coaching. Yeah, it tends to be a good sign of good coaching and a development of depth, Bobby, because you can't play good special teams if you don't have some guys that can run and hit and have some aggression. Kansas has brought some of those guys into the program. Hey, one quick thing on the defense that I thought was interesting. Uh, last year in 13 games, Kansas had 12 sacks. So far through four games, they have 11 sacks. Yep, And a big reason for that is a transfer from Minnesota named Devin Booker. Uh, he is a guy that plays situationally. He's about 6'5", 240. He's got good quickness. He's got good hands, good pass rush technique. And he, he has been a nightmare for people situationally on passing downs. Uh, he's a transfer from Minnesota. Like another guy on their interior, Gage Keys, who came from Minnesota, and one thing that I've kind of got hip to from a friend who follows the Big Ten is Minnesota doesn't have a lot of transfers out because people buy into P.J. Fleck. The transfers out of Minnesota aren't usually transferring out because of talent. It's, they're transferring out because they didn't like the whole row the boat thing and they kind of got expelled. So them leaving Minnesota or not starting there wasn't indicative of the fact that they're not good. It was more indicative of the fact that they didn't buy into the culture. So Kansas may be the beneficiary there of, uh, you know, people not getting on board with the PJ Fleck cult up in, uh, in Minnesota. So anyway, that's something to watch. Again, I want to offer the, the, the caveat that I don't think Kansas has played very good competition. So while I think they've played terrifically, and it's obvious to anyone who understands football that this is a much better football team for Kansas than last year, uh, we don't know how much they've really improved. This is their prove-it game in Austin against Texas. And I think we're going to find out some stuff about Texas, and we're going to find out some stuff about Kansas. All right. Well, I can't wait. Uh, 2.30 kickoff, ABC. Uh, uh, Paul, I appreciate you. We'll be back with the Saturday conversation as well. Uh, thanks also to our uh, sponsor. That's Gabe Winslow of, uh, Gabe, of Mortgages by Gabe. Also, uh, guys, if you get a chance, please consider a subscription uh, to uh, Inside Texas. Right now, we're running a special promo code OTFIT23. That's OTFIT23. If you want more from Paul, from Eric Nolene, Joe Cook, uh, myself, Jerry Hamilton, Justin Wells, uh, the whole crew, about 10 articles per day right now, OTFIT23. Paul, thanks for your time for the tale of the tape. One last thought. Go for it. One last thought. If you're if you're not tired of hearing me, God knows why. You can find me on the Everyone Gets a Trophy podcast. It's Everyone Gets a Trophy podcast. It's on Spotify, Apple, all that stuff, wherever you find your podcast. Uh, I have uh, do it with Randy Boone. I also have Ian Boyd on quite a bit. And uh, the rest of the crew at Inside Texas. I've even had the Bob Father 
and uh, gone into his background and his history, which is one of the most interesting podcasts I've ever done. So uh, y'all, y'all listen. If you enjoy hearing me ramble about stuff, uh, I'll see you there. Everyone gets stroke <laughs> podcast. All right. Thanks a bunch, uh, Paul. Paul Wellington inside Texas. Uh, thanks for uh, joining me for the tale of tape on Texas football. Oh, <laughs>